Hello and welcome to Richard Bay Talk. I am, of course, the eponymous uh, talker upon which this uh, podcast is named. Albert Morenoso is my uh, producer. He was my producer on Sirius XM uh, before this, and um, he's there Hello. sitting sitting in the booth. Albert, uh, we survived longer. Oh, your house. <laughs> we survived longer than CNN Plus. Can you believe that? CNN Plus is not in existence anymore? Boy, you don't really. You you really need this podcast to follow the news. <laughs> I don't follow any news anymore. I told no, you. They, they, pulled the, they pulled the plug on CNN Plus. It, was, it lasted about a month. Uh -huh. And uh, so I think we should offer Chris Wallace a job here. We could find something for him to do on this podcast. Maybe yeah. he could be the announcer. The other thing is, uh, if you don't read the news, uh, Netflix lost 200,000 viewers, and now they're discussing whether they should put ads on Netflix and have a cheaper version. I mean, I mean, uh, anybody could predict, I guess. I mean, I think anybody could predict that CNN Plus wasn't going to work. Right. Why, why are you going to pay more money for more? We're already like up to here with entertainment and news constantly. The updates on our phones, Netflix and Hulu and Showtime and HBO Plus and Apple TV. And and what else am I leaving on? Facebook and TikTok. And I mean, come on. How, how much can you take? And how much would you be willing to pay for it? That's not even to mention, uh, you know, your cable service, which you pay for. And uh, I get Peacock on that, too, which I've I've, I've never watched. Which I might have paid other. extra for Brooke Baldwin, but now that she's gone, forget it. <laughs> all right. All right. So anyway, and the other big thing that just happened today was uh, Elon Musk. It seems that he has bought Twitter uh, for $44 billion, which shows that he just has too much money. <laughs> Twitter, I you know, I've never used Twitter. I see things on Twitter. In fact, last week on the podcast, you may remember that I said I'd been to the Getty Museum on my trip to California and that it was one of the, it was the most beautiful museum uh, that I'd ever uh, been to. And I've been to a lot of museums, not its collection. Do we have a clip of that to show it's high on top of a mountain? And, oh, there it is. Okay. And it's overlooking LA. The gardens are spectacular. The way it's laid out is beautiful. Um, and then after I discussed going to that museum, Albert, you sent me a clip of someone on, I think it was YouTube, yes. discussing the fact that there is this conspiracy theory that below the Getty Museum, there are tunnels and cages and cells where children are kept for pedophilia, and that these tunnels extend all the way to the homes of Hollywood stars. You may remember a while back, there was a QAnon conspiracy that Tom Hanks was involved in a pedophilia ring. Well, according to this, the children are kept underneath the Getty Museum in these tunnels and then shipped out uh, to the homes of Hollywood stars in Beverly Hills and Bel Air. And then I started to look and there was more and more of this crap on TikTok. 
Most of it was on TikTok. Some of it got removed over the past week because I was looking for it again. But now that Elon Musk has bought TikTok, I'm sure we'll be hearing oh, he a lot TikTok more. TikTok or Twitter? You said Twitter. Oh, oh I, I meant Twitter. Okay. I mean, most of the stuff was on Twitter, not okay. TikTok. Okay. Who knows? I, I, I've never used TikTok. I've never used Twitter. I've looked at them both from time to time. I still have AOL.com as my email, and kids laugh when they hear me say it. So, so do I. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're just the old folks. I, I, I would like to, them to bring back that rotary phone because then you could see the numbers as it goes around. Anyway, so Elon Musk bought it, and his big deal is uh, he bought it as his toy so that um, anything goes now on TikTok. There will be no more moderation on Twitter. See, that's how mixed up I am. There will be no more moderation on Twitter. So expect the deluge of uh, misinformation uh, to return again. We already have enough outlets for it, but now we're going to have another one. And here in Florida, of course, we have the great pedophilia grooming conspiracy about Disney World. This is Disney World in Orlando. And it follows uh, Governor DeSantis um, appealing to the nutcases in fact, his own spokesperson talked about the fact that the schools were grooming children because they discussed uh, gender identity and sexual orientation. Oh, the poor little dears, uh, even though some of them do have two mommies and two daddies. So, I, I mean, DeSantis is playing with fire on this because this is a state where 100 people were shot at a gay discotheque not too long ago. And the idiots that believe all this grooming conspiracy by uh, uh, public educational resources and by Disney World uh, are crazy enough to do things like this. Look at this picture. That was a, a group that went to Disney World. And um, as you can see, they're covering up the sign, calling it Pedo World. So this upset somebody who happened to be driving by, and she stopped her car. She got out. She pulled down the sign of Pedo World. This, it's, it's so ridiculous. Take, take a look. Wait a second, it's still up, right? Yeah. Because you can see one of these lumbering Neanderthals wow. follows her all the way up to the, uh, all the way up to her getting into her car. You know, how long is it going to have to take between before we get some nutcase like Comet Pizza, you know, which was the pizza parlor where they had a they were holding children in the basement 
for the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton so they could molest them. And this guy drove up there with a gun to to free them. How long is it going to take in Florida? Uh, You know, DeSantis is playing with fire here. And what he really is doing is preparing himself for... um, to run for president and anybody can see that he's trying to out trump trump and um this started some time ago he's he's got an election police force uh, that is costing i don't know a couple of million dollars that he's going to be sending to all the polling places to make sure the elections aren't stolen um he has uh he has defied a public referendum that I voted in when I first came to Florida, which said that uh, redistricting should be done on a nonpartisan basis and a contiguous basis. He's, he's, the state legislature actually came up with a redistricting plan and DeSantis didn't like it. This was the Republican legislature. It wasn't partisan enough for DeSantis. So DeSantis took it and he made up his own map, which analysts now say will result in 71% of the counties in Florida sending Republicans to the House of Representatives. He also dissolved two districts that had elected black representatives, one of them Val Demings, who's running for the Senate here. So that's 71%. You know, in in Florida, the political registration is pretty evenly divided. Up until most recently, there were 250,000 more Democrats. Now, for the first time, there are, I don't know, close to 200,000 more Republicans. But that's out of millions of voters. So it's pretty evenly divided. And we have two Republican senators, a Republican governor, a Republican state house, both houses, um, you know, our Senate and our representative house. I mean, that's not enough. That's not enough for dictator DeSantis, who now has gone on with uh, Disney punishment uh, because they, the CEO voiced opposition to this new school bill. But, you know, the story doesn't start there. You know, people say, well, should should Disney get involved in politics? Do you know that what started this whole thing is that Disney actually had donated $300,000 to the representatives who voted for this bill? 300 k That's what pissed some people off at Disney. Not that it wasn't doing anything, but that it was actually supporting the politicians who had created this law. So Disney now has said they're not going to make any political donations at all. And they've pulled back from that. And they have spoken out about opposition to the bill. And DeSantis has called them out. Even somebody like um, Ted Cruz, he's not even in the state. He's come out and said, well, what's next? They're going to show Pluto and Goofy going at it, having sex. Uh, Do you know 
who was the biggest recipient of Disney, Disney affiliate contributions among Republican candidates? Well, at the federal level, at least. It was Ted Cruz. So that's, uh, that, that's another uh, way um, DeSantis is trying to out-Trump Trump. Then the state rejected these math books that they said they were full of CRT or, I don't know, emotional empathy, trying to get children to work together uh, in, a, in a classroom. And if you've seen some of these examples, they're not from the textbooks. People are confused. I've heard everybody from Bill Maher to news people saying, well, these are four examples they gave us from the textbooks, but they're not from the textbooks. These are four examples that were sent in by some parents, probably uh, the kinds of parents now that are uh, uh, disrupt, disrupting school boards and want to change curriculums. These are things they sent in. They're not necessarily from the textbooks because we, they didn't, the state didn't cite specific examples. They just said, oh, we're fighting CRT. Uh, now, Chris Rufo is the guy that started this whole CRT in school thing, even though CRT, critical race theory, wasn't being taught in um, elementary schools. He's the same guy now that is starting this whole idea that public schools are grooming children for deviant sex. Oh, you got trouble, my friends, right here in River City. His name is Chris Rufo, and he's the guy that started all this, and he has admitted his ultimate goal is to discredit public education to the point where states will move to privatize education. The same thing Betsy DeVos wanted to do the same. Th they don't want public education anymore. That's what this all is a, is, a, is a part of. And in DeSantis's case, he's putting himself in the spotlight, not only for the race coming up for governor. Do you know, do you know what DeSantis has in his war chest to run for governor? He's going to have plenty left over to run in a primary for president. He's got $100 million. The figure is staggering. And one can certainly appreciate how he gets that money. If you live in Florida and you do remember that Publix, the big grocery chain down here, they donated $100,000 to the DeSantis campaign. And what happened a few weeks later when we got the vaccine? Publix became the place, or the first place at least, where they would dispense um, the vaccine, which brought a lot of traffic into Publix. In fact, I think I got my vaccine in Publix. Well, that's another thing with the, the masks that are going on now. But... Um, Mark, my, we'll see. DeSantis is going to run for president, even if Trump runs. Because he's a better version of Trump. He's Trump plus in this respect. He's Trump with a brain. He's Trump with a real Ivy League education. He went to uh, Harvard and Yale. DeSantis had a great education. He is intelligent. He only plays dumb 
for the yokels that follow him. And he's Trump minus. Minus 30 years of decrepitude. So Donald Trump, if he is going to run, and I think he probably will, I think those two will be on the stage together. And the only way Trump is going to out Trump DeSantis is if he goes to the, the CPAC convention, runs up to the stage and slaps Caitlyn Jenner in the middle of the conference. He'll get a lot of attention if he does that. Uh, Trump is out on the campaign trail. And um, he had a, a big rally in Ohio the other day where he brought up once again his, um, his, his great memory and his great memory test. Uh, you remember, he talked about you know, Ronnie Jackson, uh, who is now a, a, a right-wing representative from Texas, who, who brought him in and told him a couple of words. And if he remembered them by the end, he was a stable genius. Let me see if I remember them. Person, woman, man, camera television. Oh my God. I'm a stable genius too. And I've, I've remembered it how many years later? Wow. See, Trump didn't remember it at that rally. And, um, whenever I hear him talk about that, uh, it always reminds me of Ben Casey. I know we're going a little bit out of order here, Albert, but do you, if you're old enough, do you remember the opening to Ben Casey. Take a look at this. Man, woman, earth, death, infinity. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the uh, slew of um, doctor shows that came out. I guess it was in the 1960s, Dr. Kildare and Ben Casey. And uh, uh, was that? Well, I think it was Ben Gazzara. But somebody who failed the memory test was Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was called before the January 6th committee to testify. And boy, she needs to make an appointment with Dr. Ronnie Jackson and see if she can pass the woman, man, uh, the person, woman, man, camera, television test. Because I don't know, you know, those, those brain cells aren't working too well. Take a look at this. Did you discuss with Mr. Alexander the idea of you coming to appear at a demonstration on January 6th? I do not recall that. My question is just about whether anybody at all ever mentioned to you the possibility of violence. I don't remember. Okay. So you're not denying it. You're just saying you don't recall. I don't recall. Did you talk to people at the White House about the fact that there were going to be large demonstrations in, on January 6th in Washington? I don't remember. Did anybody on your campaign staff or did you authorize the provision of funds, of money, to people who were planning a demonstration on January 6th? I don't think so. I don't recall that at all. 
Ms. Green, did you advocate to President Trump to impose martial law as a way to remain in power? I don't recall. So you're not denying you did it, you just don't remember? I don't remember. Um, there's a candidate for the new Prevagen commercial. <laughs> oh, I suddenly remember everything. Actually, she went to Twitter after that. Not where was it? I thought she was banned from Twitter, but she posted somewhere answers to at least one of those questions because it it suddenly popped into her head. Now, as we talked about the math books in Florida, they've pulled out uh, what is it, forty uh, percent of the math books for indoctrinating children in. I don't know what. Who knows? Um, I tended to think back on my days. I have no aptitude for math at all. I mean, I had the lowest grades in the class in math. I had very, very high grades in English and history and social studies. But math, I mean, I was, the, I was getting like 40s. So in New York State, we have something called the Regents, which is a, a test given to all students uh, in, in certain grades as you go along. And I had the Algebra Regents. And when I got the test, I looked down and I figured out that it was multiple choice. So even a chimpanzee could have a chance <laughs> <laughs> of, of picking out the right answers on this algebra test. You know what they say? If there's an infinity of chimpanzees at a typewriter and it goes on for infinity at an infinity of typewriters, one of them will type out the works of Shakespeare. Well, I was the chimpanzee who looked down and said, hmm, okay, there's two answers here where I can see they're visibly trying to mislead the person. Um, there's a trick in there. So that leaves two answers left. And then I would draw little boxes on the side to see which one was closer. I got 100 on the algebra regions. I didn't understand algebra then. I don't understand it now. The teacher actually called me in and said, I was standing in front of the class uh, through the whole test period. So I know you didn't cheat. But she said, I can't, in good faith, after your grades, every other test, give you a high mark. I'm going to give you an 80. Well, I clicked my heels. An 80 was great. I didn't fail. But um, math in itself is as much about understanding relationships between things and ideas, and analytical process. Uh, it's about that as much as it is about numbers and math itself. I'll never forget reading an article about a, a man who had children, and he was stationed in Russia. And he said that his Russian math teacher said to him, in America, you teach that uh, one and one is two, but that's not always the case. And he said, what do you mean? One and one equals two. He said, well, if you have one tear coming down your face and a second tear coming down your face and they meet on the cheek, one and one equals one, which was a different way 
of looking at the problem. So um, that's something that I've tried to do all my life is have a different way of looking at the problem, not to follow the, um, you know, the, 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 the common road. The, the, what do they call it? The shared wisdom, the common wisdom. So when I did the Richard Bay show, I was asked to try to do different things in its last year. I told you a few weeks ago how I did the Richie show, which was a takeoff on Rosie, the queen of nice. And I said, I'd like to do things that people don't get a chance to see on TV. Um, and to tell you the truth, after five years of <laughs> jumping around in silly costumes and, you know, having people yell at each other, I was ready to try something different. So I, I had read in the trades that there was a woman, I believe her name was Sally Hayes, who was booked on Sally Jesse Raphael, and she claimed she had a long-standing affair with Bill Clinton. Now, this was 1996, and it was September and October, right before the election, Bill Clinton's re-election. And so I tucked that away, and then I read another article that there was a woman who claimed to have had an affair with Bill Clinton, and she was booked on Rolanda, and she showed up and said, oh, we're not doing that show anymore. We've changed the topic. And she was sent home. So I, I started to think, how come I haven't seen Jennifer Flowers anywhere on television or on radio? I mean, the election is coming up only weeks away. And whether you believe her or you don't believe her, this is a salacious animal the media. We call it feeding the beast on television. You've got to come up with something every day. We did 200 and something shows in a year, 220, 240. Ay, ay, ay. So I, I called Jennifer Flowers up and I said, how come I haven't seen you anywhere? And she said, every time I'm booked on something, they call me back and they say I'm canceled. The opportunities disappear. It happens everywhere I go. So I said, well, would you like to come on my show? Uh, you know, people think that I'm just this silly person and that I wouldn't know anything about politics and that I couldn't interview someone in a savvy political way. She said, oh, they'll never let me on your show. It'll never happen. So I went to my producers. And the executives, actually, I went to. And I said, would you mind if I had Jennifer Flowers on the show? And they said, well, if you really want to do that, you can do that. But we're not going to spend the money to book an audience and have one come in and sit there. And uh, the, the crew is going to do their work uh, in their prep time for your regular show. So we're not going to pay them extra. But if you really want to do Jennifer Flowers, go ahead and do Jennifer Flowers. So as you can see in this clip that I've edited for you, you know, you take lemons and you make lemonade. I stood in the audience and I said, there's nobody in my audience today. And that's going to make people happy because they don't want you to hear what my guest is going to say. And, um, you know, the, we, the crew, we shot the show. <clears throat> and as you'll hear, Jennifer Flowers said some things that I'd never heard before. She was pregnant with Bill Clinton's baby. She said that she might still vote for Bill Clinton. 
But what is most interesting is what happened to the Richard Bay Show after this program aired. It was shot on October 8th, 1996. There was no Fox News at the time. There was no uh, conservative right-wing media. It was pretty much all mainstream media. I think Fox News was just launching in October. So we shot it on October 8th, 1996. The election's coming up first, second week in November, about a month away. But we held it in the can. You know, they legal has to look at the show and approve of it. So everything was approved. And two weeks later, the show aired. So, you know, this is like the third week in October, two or three weeks before the election. We aired this show. And when we did, the phone lines lit up. I'll tell you more about that and what happened after you watch the Jennifer Flowers interview. There is absolutely no one in my studio audience here today. And that should make some very powerful people in the media and in the government very happy. Because these people don't want you to hear what my guests have to say today. In fact, over the last few years, they've gone to great lengths to either marginalize them, their reputations, the facts that they want to tell you. In fact, they've gone to great lengths to make sure that you don't hear the words that they want to speak. Going one step further, there is even a chance that they may stop this show, and then you will not be hearing me introduce my first guest, who is Jennifer Flowers. Thanks for being here today. My pleasure. Uh, it's been four years since you came forward with your allegations about Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, there's a lot of people who say, well, this is an old story. Why should people care about what you have to say? Well, I think the reason that people do care about what I have to say is because it goes to the core of the character issue. You say you were Bill Clinton's lover for 12 years. Mm -hmm. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, does the White House still maintain that you were nothing more than a casual acquaintance? That What has been acknowledged as fact is the cooperation of my story, first of all, uh, my, with my tapes. I mean, the, Bill Clinton, in his own words, admits a relationship with me and, and what he's willing to do to shut down the story and so on. Well, but it goes the, even further than that. You troopers, claim that you, you, you became pregnant with Bill Clinton's baby. I did become pregnant with Bill Clinton's baby. Did you tell him? Oh, of course I did. And what was his reaction? Well, he was, uh, he was very kind and sweet, but he didn't say, I'll, I'll divorce my wife and I'll marry you and we'll have this child together and everything will be great. Did you want him or expect him to say that? I Hope wanted him? him. I wanted him to say it, but I didn't really expect him to say it, and he didn't say it. You know, what he, what he said was very comforting. What he didn't say broke my heart. But it was something that I felt like I had to deal with. Uh, on my own, I had no intentions of raising a child by myself, and I made the decision to have an abortion. And that's something that I've had to live with every day of my life since. How has it affected your life in terms of your own personal harassment? Mm -hmm. um, uh, people who have tried to keep you from telling your story. What has uh, happened to you? Well, it's been tremendous, actually. Uh, it's, I've had uh, various projects that uh, people will call me with an idea for a project uh, that would be something very high profile, and they'll get a telephone call and, and say, we would rather you not do this with Jennifer. 
Do you think the administration, the organization, that they're still concerned about what you have to say? Do you still think that they're keeping an eye on you? Do you still think that they're keeping you from speaking? Do you still think that you're still a concern to them? I think I'm a concern to them. I think that they, they know where I am and what I'm doing, and I'm sure they know I'm here with you today. You make it an audit this next, this next go-round like I have. Mm -hmm. I asked you, who are you voting for for president? I'm not sure. Oh, I'm really, on. well, I'm honestly not sure. Could I'm, you bring yourself to vote for Bill Clinton? Well, I might cast a ballot for Bill Clinton, but uh, it would be because I'm a very pro-choice individual. And it really goes against my grain to vote for someone who isn't. Otherwise, I like Bob Dole. I think he would be a terrific president. Okay, I see some relationship between what I know of your story and what happens with the American public, especially in a campaign that relies so heavily on the medium of television. Mm -hmm. There was a seduction that took place with you and Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. And there's a seduction that takes place across the video screen between Bill Clinton and the voters. Mm -hmm. He is incredibly telegenic, he is glib, he's funny, he's likable, mm -hmm. he's good-looking, mm -hmm. he speaks with an air of at least apparent um, sincerity. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Do you see the voters reacting the same way to him that you reacted to him? Absolutely. And, and I think that the, the American public needs to get over its need to be seduced and schmoozed and conned. We have uh, another uh, clip from your uh, tape-recorded conversations with Bill Clinton. Now, this one concerns a break-in mm -hmm. of your apartment, mm -hmm. I believe, right? Yes. Which was probably the initial time that you experienced any personal harassment. Am I correct? Right. Uh -huh. Okay, let's listen to that tape. Well, yeah, well, there wasn't any sign of a break-in, uh, but the drawers and things, there wasn't anything missing that I could tell that somebody, somebody had, had gone through all your stuff. And gone through my stuff. think they were, but they didn't steal anything. No, no, my jewelry, I mean, I had jewelry here and everything. It was still here. You think they were trying to look for something on us? I think so. Well, I mean, why, why else? Um, you want to miss any, any kind of papers or anything? Like what kind of papers? Well, I mean, do you, any kind of personal records or checkbooks or anything like that, phone records? Do I have any? Yeah. Uh-uh. I mean, why would I? I don't know, right? You, you usually call me, for that matter, and besides, who would know? Isn't that amazing? Even if I had it on my phone record. Oh, well, I guess they might be able to say, well, you were in Washington on this date, maybe at that number and connect that, but, well, you see, know, you've always called me, so that's not a... I wouldn't care if I, you know, I, I, they may have my phone records on this computer here, but... I don't think it, that doesn't prove anything. You know, he went on to find out exactly how important those phone records would be and how it could tie him into me and other women as well. Yes, but records have a, um, have a propensity to disappear in the White House, don't, don't they? Don't they, though? Isn't and, that amazing? And sometimes they turn up months later or years later, and sometimes they just never turn up. Yes, the more things change, phone records disappearing in the White House. Who could imagine such a thing happening now? <laughs> right? Remember Trump's phone records on January 6th? We don't know. There's this gigantic gap. Um, but something far more interesting uh, to me is um, the idea that integrity and honesty and self knowledge in a candidate 
Those are qualities now of leadership that almost seem quaint. Look at um, McCarthy this week. I never said that. Then the tape comes out and he is saying it. And then he tries to call the man. It's, it reminds me of the days of the Roman emperors. When somebody would have offend Nero. And they'd come in, oh, please, Emperor God, oh, please, forgive me, take me back, oh, I didn't mean it. Um, there is a story, there's a, there's a book called, well, I got to tell you this first, maybe I'll save that story for another day, because the very day after that show aired, I was called into the office of the top executive at the station. And I was told that the Richard Bay show was going out of production. And I asked, is this because of the Jennifer Flowers show? And the executive didn't say anything, just looked down. And then it occurred to me, they had just signed a new contract with me. High six figures, September 1st. This was the middle of October. I had... 11 months to go on my contract. And I said, you know, you, you, you just hired me for another year. And she said, you'll be paid every week. You just can't go work somewhere else and you can't talk about this. I mean, heck, I was going to click my heels on the way out, jump in the air, leap for joy to do nothing for a year. And to get fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars a week, and I and um, to tell you the truth, I was like I said, I was getting tired. How many times I had five years of doing this sort of wacky show and the satirical show, and I mean, five years is enough time. I don't know how Maury sat there all this time and listened to. Oh, I'm not the baby's father. How many times Jerry had to walk in there? I don't know, more power to them. They made their millions. But anyway, the show was the show was pulled out of production the next day. Now, I have never maintained, nor do I believe, that Bill Clinton killed the show. Um, at the time, the people that owned the station were trying to sell, sell their entire station group. And they eventually did. They sold it all to Fox for $4 billion. They had to get FEC approval. They had to get FTC approval. They didn't want a problem with the government. I don't know if it was them. I'm just saying, what a coincidence. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. The show gets canceled the day after we air Jennifer Flowers on the show, who has been kept from speaking in other media outlets. I'll leave it to you to connect the dots. Anyway, thank you for joining me here today. Um, and hopefully we'll be doing this next week, unlike CNN+. Plus. But I want to leave you with these Final words. Oh, it's time to take down the big top, turn off the lights, and move to our next destination. Before we do, 
please, can I have a warm hand for all of the uniquely talented individuals who make this the greatest show on earth? And remember, in the words of that immortal guinea pig, From all of us here, to all of you out there, all our 